Hello and welcome to Rewrite Your Story, where we discover ways for pain to become a platform to purpose. I am Chandra Jared, your host, and I'm delighted to have you join me on this journey. This podcast was created to offer tools and tips to help you rewrite your story personally, professionally, spiritually, or relationally. Subscribe now and tune in each week as we revisit the pain of our past to glean a different perspective and live with renewed purpose. Remember, regardless of your circumstances, it's not too late to redeem your past and rewrite your future. So grab pen and paper or your favorite notes app and let's get started. Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Rewrite Your Story. I'm Chandra Jarrett, your host, and I'm delighted to have you join me. This episode is unique because it gives you an opportunity to meet me while also learning why I began Rewrite Your Story. So let's get started as I talk about my story, how I have begun rewriting my story, and how you too can rewrite your story. I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm the middle of five children. I graduated from Whites Creek High School and went on to attend Tennessee State University. Upon graduation, I began my career as a mechanical engineer, which I pursued for almost 15 years until um, probably around year 12 or 13. I just was not happy. I did not like engineering. It was a great career, but I didn't feel like it was what I was created to do. So for two years, I began journaling to God about why I was created. And during that time, I wrote in my journal that I believed that God had created me to be a Christian motivational speaker. I'd fallen in love with teaching Sunday school and also doing training at um, work. And so this mix of corporate and um, Christian teaching um, launched me into this place of becoming a motivational speaker. I also during that time was ordained as a pastor. I launched a church and pastored a church for three years. I've traveled internationally as a speaker. And I will tell you that I love equipping people and empowering people, igniting people, but mostly helping them see that pain can become a platform to live with purpose. In other words, I think that our pain can be used to catapult us into areas of purpose to help other people so that we can then collapse the time of their healing. And you'll hear more about that as I share my story. I talked a little bit about being born in Nashville and um, being one of five children. I am the middle of three girls and two boys. Um, During that time, around the age of eight, my parents separated And I felt like my world began to fall apart. I felt lost and alone, even though I was in a big family. There was something about my dad not being present in our home. And it was a dysfunctional, complicated uh, family situation like most families. But as a child, I still wanted my family to be a family and I wanted us to be together. We attended church and I began journaling to God around that same time. So around the age of eight or nine, I began journaling to God about my life and what was going on. And Jesus became my best friend. I, I didn't know any different. I'm not even sure who told me to begin writing to God, but I would get these Uh, five subject spiral binders and they would be my journals and I would write to the Lord about every detail of my life. 
unfortunately, one of our houses caught on fire. My journals burned. But afterwards, I continued to write journals to God. And even today, at the age of 54, I still journal to God. I loved him so much that at the age of 13, I gave my life to the Lord by making a public confession and being baptized. I wanted to be baptized just like Jesus, but we didn't have a Jordan River in Nashville, so I couldn't be baptized in the Jordan River. But I did request to go to a church up the street that had a baptismal pool uh, because the church I attended did not. We sprinkled and they were willing to do that. And so we went to the church up the street and there I was baptized or immersed in water and gave my life to the Lord at 13. I enjoyed playing softball. Um, that was one of the things I did with the church and competing in Bible bowls. And so those early years of 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, I had a lot of years of playing softball and we won a lot. Uh, I loved playing sports and I loved uh, competing in Bible bowls with our youth department. I liked school. I didn't love school. I liked school, but I mostly loved going to church and competing and playing softball. I thought at age 13 that when I gave my life to the Lord, that things would be better. You know, that's the natural thing that life would be better. But unfortunately, my life began to go downhill. And I guess when I look back, there was a lot of good in there. But there's something about trauma and painful experiences that we remember more. So at the age of 13, not even a year after being baptized, a woman tried to sexually abuse me uh, during my first job working for a recreation center. And I'll never forget that experience because my mom knew one of the ladies who worked there, who was the one telling my mom that this lady was approaching me. And it wasn't an easy conversation. If you think back 40 years ago, uh, my mom trying to have this conversation with me about a woman trying to touch me and me being a typical 13 year old girl who did not want to listen. Uh, the lady was buying me clothes and my mom was like, stay away from her. And I didn't want to do that. So my mom, as any mom would do, she went and disciplined me and in the process uh, broke a broom over my elbow. The, I don't know how that broom broke. I think it was already worn out. If you can imagine having five kids using the broom. Uh, but to this day, I still have that scar as a reminder of what happened during that time. And it began to create this gap in my relationship with my mom. So that by the age of 17, when I was kissed by a church leader uh, who was actually my boss at the time, I was working a job, a summer job, um, very close family friend. Um, I was kissed by him. I didn't know who to talk to because I didn't have the type of relationship with my mom that I would tell her. I didn't know how she would respond. His wife was in the next office and I began, I think, withdrawing at that time, just kind of staying to myself, not really understanding what was going on. At the age of 19, I became pregnant by my high school sweetheart. And the interesting thing is we had broken up. We weren't together at the time. I was almost three months pregnant when I found out. And there was no doubt that I was going to have my child. I just wasn't sure what our relationship was going to look like. I knew the law. Uh, again, I'd been reading the Bible as best I could as a child, but I didn't understand grace. I didn't know that Jesus would forgive me. Um, if I weren't married, I just knew according to the law or the Old Testament that if a girl got pregnant or a woman got pregnant, she had to get married. And that was my request. And so at the age of 19, um, three months pregnant, 
my son's father and I got married between classes. And then a few months later, uh, we gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. Within a year, my husband, my then husband or son's father had an affair. And in an attempt to get revenge, I had an affair with an old boyfriend and got pregnant by the other man. After almost 20 weeks, I chose to have an abortion. I didn't even talk to anyone, to be honest with you. It was a decision that I made um, because I just felt like, again, I didn't know who to talk to. I had this broken marriage. I didn't have a good relationship with my mom or my siblings to the point that I felt like I could talk to them. And so I made this decision after weeks and weeks and months of thinking about it. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed because I knew that uh, the relationship I'd had outside of my marriage was wrong. And now I was pregnant by this other guy. And you may say, well, Chandra, how did you even know that you were pregnant by the other guy? Well, I wasn't having uh, intercourse with my husband because we argued all the time. And so I knew it wasn't his child. And so here I was with all of this on my mind at the age of 20 while trying to care for a newborn baby that wasn't even one years old yet. And so after weeks and months of crying and sleeping and processing and praying, I decided to have the abortion. I would go on to experience a foreclosure on a house that I had built from the ground up. That was my dream house as an engineer to having uh, my car repossessed, to being put out of the church for being um, sexually involved with one of the brothers in the church while still legally married, to being stripped of my license, um, to so many more things that were painful experiences for me. As, as I was living my life, I never thought about rewriting my story. I was simply trying to live my life. I, I'm just being honest. I, I didn't know what to do with my life. I knew when I had been stripped of my license and put out of the church that people were not giving an accurate account of my story or an accurate account of my life. And it really was then that I began to tell my story, uh, at least that part of my story um, about being put out of the church and being sexually abused by a pastor and then emotionally or spiritually abused by a pastor. I began to tell that part of my story. It would be over a decade later before I would begin to share my abortion story. But I began to tell my story, not in an attempt to rewrite my story or an attempt to help anyone. I simply wanted people to know the truth about my story. But what I learned in telling my story was that it resonated with people and people began to be drawn to me because I was authentic and honest and transparent about my story. And as I shared my story, it began to make sense to me or the scripture began to make sense to me in Revelation chapter 12, 11, verse 11, where it says they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What I realized were people were overcoming or feeling like they could overcome their situation because I had overcome my situation being anchored in Christ and continue to draw my strength from the word of God. As I began to see that people were strengthened from my story, I began to pray about ways to help people with my story through the word of God. And that's what I've spent really the last 20 years doing. To be honest, I was doing it and didn't even know it. 
And so Rewrite Your Story came about about four years ago while I was going through a speaking slash coaching class. And in that class, I created a coaching session that I titled Rewrite Your Story. I, I titled it Rewrite Your Story because I would go to deep places of pain with women and help them rewrite their story using pain as a platform. And as I began to see the Lord move in their lives, I realized that there was so many people like me that were carrying pain that they didn't even know they were carrying. And so I continue to shape this coaching session. I still do it as a life coach. I offer it specifically to women because of the intimate places we sometimes go in these sessions. Uh, but I begin to ask the Lord about a title for a podcast and what what is it that God has really gifted me in doing and how can I help other people just glean from what I've learned when it comes to rewriting my story. I will tell you that over the last 10 to 12 years, I have been much more intentional about rewriting my story. And you may say, well, Chandra, how have you been more intentional about rewriting your story? And how can I be more intentional about rewriting my story? And I'll tell you that. And then as we go through each podcast, we'll talk about how to unpack that so that you can begin to rewrite your story or pieces of your story. It doesn't have to be your whole story. It may only be one part of your story. I became intentional about rewriting my story about 13 years ago. I've been in Virginia for 12 years. And I say 13 years ago because about 13 years ago, I was tired. I was tired of life. I was tired of living. I was tired of the, the life I was living. And I simply said to God, I I'm tired. I, I did not like the life I was living. I did not like me. I did not like what I saw in me. I knew that there was another part of me, but I didn't know how to find the old Chandra, the Chandra before abuse, the Chandra before abusing. And so I just began about 13 years ago, praying and asking God to help me just desperately help me. I was at a place where I was willing to do anything. And, and I know uh, there had been years that I would say that, but the truth is I wasn't ready. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Sometimes we say we'll do anything, but we really won't do absolutely anything. I was at the place in my life where I would do absolutely anything God told me. And so in three consecutive dreams, the Lord spoke to me to go to the grave of the man who had sexually abused me. I didn't like it. I guess that's why he had to speak to me in three dreams, because I probably ignored the first two or thought after the first one. Oh, that's the food I ate. That surely can't be God talking to me. And then the same dream came. And then the third time. And here's what the dream was. I told you, go to the grave of the man who sexually abused you. Do not condemn him. Do not judge him. And you will not take to your grave the demons he took to his. I knew the man had gone to his grave with the demons he had wrestled with. I knew that there were many women that he had sexually abused like me. I knew of women who had to be admitted to mental institutions because they could not function after being abused by this man. And I also knew that the leadership in the church organization that he was a part of would never remove him. And so this man continued this predatory lifestyle. And here I was now 20 years later, almost 20 years later, suffering because I could never get my grounding. I knew I was living in sin. I knew that I had issues. 
I knew that um, there was a better life. I knew that God's word was true and people could help me identify my sin, but most people couldn't help me get out of my sin. And I wanted to be free. I wanted to be free from this. And so when the Lord spoke to me in those dreams, I went to this man's grave after asking someone to help me find it. And I kicking, screaming, crying, forgave him. I did not condemn him. I did not judge him. But I did have some things to say because my life had been so painful since that experience. And within five months of forgiving him, uh, I began to hear Virginia Beach during my quiet time. I would sit at my desk and I would journal and 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 I would be sitting there and I would hear Virginia Beach. And then I would hear your time is up here. And I was like, Lord, my time is up where? And then I felt like the Lord was saying, my time was up in Nashville. And then I heard there's a famine in your land. And if you're familiar with the Bible and know the, the story of Ruth and Naomi, you would know that that was a, a key part was the famine in the land and them moving from one place to another place. And so um, I began packing. I felt like the Lord was saying, go to Virginia Beach. I'd never been to Virginia Beach before, but I was at a place in my life where I wanted something different. I was tired. I really thought that the Lord was beginning to expand ministry because at that point I had been in ministry almost 12 years. And so I thought, well, I'll go to Virginia beach and I'll begin to do more ministry there. Uh, But I had no idea what I was walking into. And so I began packing and getting ready. I did not share really with anyone that I was moving. The Lord began to speak to me in different ways to prepare My son was finishing undergrad. And once he graduated, I shared with him that I felt like the Lord wanted me to move to Virginia Beach. He told me that I had done everything a mom could do because he had come back home. He had finished college. And if that's what I felt like, the Lord was telling me to go. And so I went. I packed up, came to Virginia Beach, sight unseen. I thought that I would be expanding ministry, but God had a different plan. Within a year, I began seeking healing for being sexually abused by a pastor. Uh, It was like this recurring theme. Again, people would talk to me about this healing class and uh, one person, then a second person and then a third person. And none of these people knew each other. Uh, But I knew I was reading uh, the book of Catherine Coleman, her story. And I remember when the Lord said to me, you've brought a reproach upon my ministry by the life you're living. And she had had a similar situation where she had gotten involved with a man and the Lord said she had brought this reproach. And so in my desire to want to be free, what I realized in retrospect was God was rewriting my story. God was, God had uprooted me from Nashville, Tennessee to Virginia beach, Virginia to begin to rewrite my story. I wasn't rewriting my story. God was rewriting my story. I was surrendering to God as God was rewriting my story. And I'm so grateful for that, that I have spent the last 12 years as I have come here to the state of Virginia, actively pursuing freedom and actively pursuing wholeness in God, actively pursuing truth and trying to deal with my own stuff, my own failures, my own pain. And I will tell you that in rewriting your story, first, you've got to identify your story. But second, you've got to be willing to go to these places of pain, these places of brokenness, these places of failure, these places of disappointment and heartache. Um, It's two sides to it, or maybe three sides, it's probably going to look like a prism when it's over. 
Um, because I've learned that there are things that were done to me and then there are things that I have done to people to cause them pain. There's pain people have caused me and pain that I've caused other people because of the pain that was caused to me. And so when I talk about going to these places of pain, as we rewrite our story, you will find that I will challenge you. I will challenge you as I encourage you to go to places of pain where people have caused pain to you, but then go to places of pain where you've caused people pain and own that pain, repent of that pain, confess that pain, receive forgiveness. It's a journey and it's a process, but it's a process that can be done. I will tell you that new life is possible. I say that I am better and, I, and not bitter. It's been a 12 year journey for me. And so when I have the opportunity to receive healing, to experience healing, to seek understanding, to go deeper in my heart and soul and my mind, I'm willing to go. I embrace it. I, I, I prepare myself to do the work, uh, whatever that work is. I'm willing to let people be free, release them if they have hurt me, because I know that I've hurt other people and I need that same forgiveness. So as we journey through Rewrite Your Story, think about your story from the time of birth to growing up, whether you're now 20 or 30 or 40 or 50, you have a story. And as we process through these places of pain and talk about different topics, I am here with you. I am here journeying with you. I am here praying with you. I am here praying for you. I will share snippets of my story. I will go into the word of God with you. Um, I will. I'm here. I, I don't know how else to tell you that you're not alone. Let me, let me put it that way. You are not alone in what you've experienced. Uh, you're not the first person to experience it, whatever it is. There's someone out there in this big world that's experienced the pain you've experienced. It may not look like your pain. It may not feel like your pain, but someone has experienced your pain. And we all get to choose what we do with that pain. We can become a victim we can allow the pain to paralyze us. We can uh, use that pain for purpose. I want to encourage you to do the latter, to use that pain for purpose and help someone else collapse the time of their healing. There is something you have learned going through that painful experience. It, there's some wisdom. There's some nugget of truth. There's some discernment. There's some insight. There's some understanding. There is something that you have learned through that pain. And I want to be able to look into that pain have you look into that pain and see what nugget of truth you have there, what word of wisdom you have that you can give to someone else to help them not experience that pain you experience or to help them overcome and live a victorious life. Together, we can make a difference as we each rewrite our story. Well, that's a wrap on this podcast of Rewrite Your Story. I've introduced myself and a few reasons about why I've launched Rewrite Your Story. I hope it's been insightful, maybe helpful and thoughtful. As you think about your story, let's get ready to journey together. I'm excited and I hope you're excited too. So tune in next week for our newest episode of Rewrite Your Story. Subscribe today and share us with a friend. I look forward to hearing from you for any topics you may have that you'd like for me to talk about or just to say thank you maybe for what you've heard. Have a wonderful day and always remember, it's not too late 
to redeem your past and rewrite your future. May your pain become a platform to live with renewed purpose. Talk to you soon.